Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable, and that's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back, and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. Hello, I have just now started our new Back to Jerusalem Facebook Live post regarding the persecution that is taking place inside of China. I started a little early. Um, I said that I would start 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and I've started just a few minutes early to allow people to join in that has been um, calculating for this time. Now, I know that there may not be a lot of people that watch this live because it is in the middle of the day uh, in the U.S., it's in the middle of the night in Asia, and it's starting to get later here in Europe where I'm at now. But for those that would like to listen to today's Facebook Live, I am recording this for our podcast as well, and it will be put up on our Back to Jerusalem website as a podcast so that you can listen to it later uh, if you want to. But this is an important Facebook Live. I'm coming to you right now live in the uh, snowy mountains of uh, northern Sweden. And this is a time that I usually use for writing and try to uh, get a lot of our books that we have in the, in the, the chamber ready for production. But I've taken a break on that because what's taking place right now in China is really important for those that are praying for Back to Jerusalem. And I want to update you. I want to share with you the three ways that China is using to persecute Christians. And the last one, number three, that I'll be sharing about is one that I don't think I've heard any other ministry really talk about. Now, I'm not saying that they're not. I just, I haven't heard it. And there is news that has come out just in the last week that really has shaken the foundations of Christian ministries that are working inside of China. Now, the things that I'm going to be sharing, many of you might be thinking, why have I not heard this before? Well, there's a couple reasons about the things that I'm going to be sharing, why you have not heard them before. One is because we have seen several Chinese ministries kicked out of China. Uh, China has really taken a strong stance. We've had several friends that have been arrested. We've had several friends that have had their visas taken away from them, and they've been banned from coming back to China. Uh, two is we are seeing uh, the ability of foreign missionaries to operate freely inside of China be, being restricted more than we've ever seen it before. Um, just It feels like almost every other week I'm reporting about some sort of new persecution inside of China, but this week, China has taken persecution to a new level. And this is something that I really want our prayer partners to know about. And that's why I've taken this time. And again, like I said, I will be making this available also for our podcast. For those of you that have questions, I may not be able to see your questions as you're writing them. But if you do have questions and I do happen to see them, I will try to answer them as we go through. I'm going to be reading a lot today. And for people that are not really interested into the nitty gritty, you might want to hear kind of a, a sermon or an analogy. That's not what today's going to be about. That's not what I'm going to be sharing about Facebook Live. The reason I'm going on Facebook Live today is to share about the law, the new laws in as much detail as I can with our prayer partners around the world. China just passed a, they, 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 they just passed new laws in February 1st. I mentioned it in our podcasts. Um, they just came out with real enforcement on March 1st. But now on April 1st, in the first week of April, we have now seen new, what China calls white papers that have been released. And these new white papers have to do with the laws for religion inside of China, specifically as it deals with Christians. Now, I'm going to read a little bit um, from these laws. The laws that I'm going to be reading from, or the, the white papers that I'm going to be reading from, you can find them online. You can Google this. Um, 
It is called China's Policies and Practices on Protecting Freedom of Religious Belief. The State Council Information Office of the People's Republic of China, April 2018. That's that's the title. China's very well known. They're notorious for having long titles and being very long-winded. Maybe maybe that's why I fit in in China. But I I just want to uh read the what what they have written in the white papers because what they've written in these white papers has not been written before since 1997. In 1997, that's when we first see our real, the first beginnings of what they would call white papers on religion. And in 1997, more than 20 years ago, when they wrote the first kind of white papers that came out, they were more generous towards Christians than the one that just came out this month. The one that just came out this month is a lot more restrictive for Christians than what we have seen in the last 20 years. Now, there are three things that we believe that China is using to persecute Christians in ways that they've never done before. Three ways that they are persecuting Christians. And it's a step-by-step process. And these are the three that I've identified. And I want to share them together with you. Number one, uh, we are seeing that China is passing new laws. These new laws are meant to crack down on Christians inside of China. Number two. We are seeing that China is employing the society. They are using the society in the areas where law enforcement cannot be. They're using the society to be their eyes and ears and to enforce the law for them. And the third thing that they're doing, it's going to be the last thing that I talk about. And it's the thing that I don't think that I'm hearing anywhere else when it comes to the Christian ministry world. But I'm hearing it a lot in the, in, in the, the news that reports about um, the updated technology that we're seeing in the world today. And that is removing Christians, Chinese Christians, from uh, act actively being engaged in the society. So number one, China's passing new laws. Number two, they're employing the society to help them enforce these new laws against the Christians. And number three, they are removing Christians from being participants in that society. Now I want to read to you directly, that this is the direct English translation from the new white papers that just came out this week. Now, when you first hear it, It doesn't sound bad, but let me explain what you are actually listening to. It says, as a socialist country, this is what China is is writing. As a socialist country, under the leadership of the Communist Party of China, the CPC, China adopts policies on freedom of religious belief based on national and religious conditions to protect citizens' rights to freedom of religious belief, build active and healthy religious relationships, and maintain religious and social harmony. That all sounds good so far. Whenever you hear a communist party announce that they are ready to protect certain rights of individuals, that's when you need to look out and be careful. Because what's coming next is going to be how they take those rights away from you. Since the 18th CPC National Congress in 2012, China, under the staunch leadership of the CPC Central Committee with Xi Jinping as the core, has advanced law-based governance in all respects, integrating religious work into the national governance system employing laws to deal with all social relationships concerning religion and improving the management of religious work under the rule of law. Religious believers and non-believers respect each other and live in harmony, committing themselves to reform and opening up the socialist modernization and contribute to the realization of the Chinese dream of national rejuvenation. That might sound like a bunch of uh, 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 jargon, but... What they are essentially saying is that we want to protect religious freedom. And the way that we're going to do that is we're going to make sure that it integrates well within the social system. Now, they're calling it um, the very first thing that they say in the very first sentence that you just heard me read. says, as a socialist country. Now, listen to the rest of this sentence. As a socialist country, under the leadership of the Communist Party of China, the CPC. So here they're mixing in the terminology of socialism and communism. This is important to understand how China is really cracking down on Christians inside of China today. 
because they're doing it under the guise of being able to establish law that protects freedom for everybody. So that's how they open up. This is the very next paragraph in the white papers. It says this, this is the English translation. The state protects citizens' rights to freedom of religious belief, normal religious activities, and the lawful rights and interests of religious groups. Bans, this is important, it bans illegal religious activities, prohibits the dissemination of extremist thought and engaged in extremist activities in the name of religion, resists the infiltration of hostile foreign forces taking advantage of religion, and fights against illegal and criminal activities under the guise of religion. So now they're saying that what we are wanting to do is protect religion from religious extremism. And what is religious extremism? They go on to define it. I'm not going to read it all here. I will be reading more from these white papers. But it is basically anything that does not agree with the Communist Party's definition of Christianity. Christians are specifically labeled and targeted in this white paper. It goes on to say, The state treats all religions fairly and equally, and does not exercise administrative power to encourage or ban any religion. No religion is given the preferential treatment above other religions to enjoy special legal privileges. Okay, you've just heard that. Now again, if you are just turning tuning in, if you're just coming on board, this is not going to be a, an emotional appeal. I'm, I'm trying to share with you the details from the laws that are just now coming out inside of China so that you as Christian partners with Back to Jerusalem can better know how to pray for the Chinese and better know how to pray for Back to Jerusalem. And like I said earlier, we will make this podcast available for those that would like to listen later. So the part that I just read states that the state treats all religions fairly and equally. But, and they're about to be very unfair and very unequal. The Chinese government supports all religions in upholding the principle of independence and self-management, allowing religious groups, clerical personnel, and believers of manage religious affairs themselves accordance to the constitution and law. This has just been translated into English, so there may be a couple grammatical problems, not just with the writing, but might also be with the reader. The principle, and this is where they start to target Christianity, at no other point have they mentioned, at at this point in the white papers, at no other point have they actually mentioned another religion. They haven't mentioned Buddhism, they haven't mentioned Taoism, they haven't mentioned Islam. Here, they specifically target Christians. This principle, what principle? The principle I just read about treating everybody equally and allowing the churches to have independent support. This is where we get the term three self church. That is the government church inside of China. Self-propagating, self-governing, and self-funded. Those three things, those three pillars is what makes the government church special. Now, what they've just talked about, they're going to explain why, and they're going to target Christians specifically. This principle is a historic choice made by Chinese religious believers in the Chinese people's struggle for national independence and social progress. As Catholicism and Protestantism, which were known as foreign religions in China, and long had been controlled and utilized by the colonialists and imperialists. This is this is in a 2018 April document, and they haven't even started to talk about what the document's about yet, but in their initial introduction that I just read to you, they already start to target Christians. They don't target Buddhists in the same way. They don't target Taoists or Confucianists or Muslims in the same way. They specifically label Christians, and that's going to make more sense here in a minute. If this is something that you know of a friend that would want to know more about, please share this file with them. 
because what I'm going to be sharing is directly from the new law that was just written in the white papers this month. And this is a part of the increase of persecution against Christians inside of China. Now, the next section is labeled freedom of religious belief. We're going to hear freedom of religious belief many times in this white paper document. It's going to say protection of freedom of religion, religious belief, freedom, freedom of religious belief. They'll have it labeled in several different ways, but throughout the document, they continue to say religious freedom, and then it describes how those religious freedoms are taken from you. So it is a very good play on words, which is something that is that is done by the propaganda office inside of China. <clears throat> the freedom of religious belief is to protect is protected by the constitution inside of China. According and now this is the white paper that's that uh, that I'm quoting from. According to Article 36 of the Constitution of the People's Republic of China, citizens of the People's Republic of China enjoy freedom of religious belief. No state organ, public organization, or individual may compel citizens to believe in or not believe in any religion, nor may they discriminate against citizens who believe in or do not believe in any religion. Okay, all that sounds good. Immediately following, this is the very next sentence. Now they're going to start to strip away your religious beliefs. Article 36, quoting the same article that gives you religious freedom inside of China. Article 36 also stipulates that no one may make use of religion to engage in activities that disrupt public order, impair the health of citizens, or interfere with the educational system of the state. This is where the persecution against the underground church of China comes from. Because it's here that the Chinese underground church that is not registered are deemed to be a threat against society. The very next sentence says that um, religious bodies and religious affairs are not subject to any foreign control and cannot be subject to any foreign control. These stipulations serve as the constitutional basis for the state in protecting citizens' freedom. Oh, okay, so this is, you are taking away freedom by protecting it, or you're protecting it so that I won't be infiltrated by foreigners that would try to bring in a Christian beliefs. This is why foreign ministries are being targeted. This why this is why you're not hearing much from other ministries on this subject because many ministries have been removed from China or some of the things that you're hearing about China are being written by individuals who are not living in China. When I was in China just a few weeks ago, I was together with all of the top leaders of uh, Anhui networks, such as Blessing, the Blessing Network. Um, I was with Jinli, which is Truth Network. I was together with China Gospel Fellowship Network. I was together with Feng Chung Network, uh, with Pastor Zhang Rong Liang and his, his team. I was together with the Five Brothers Network. These are networks that are inside of China. And I sat down with each one of their leaders and spoke to them about an update that uh, can share that I can share with the world about what's taking place inside of China because you're hearing all kinds of different things. I want to, so I'm getting through this white sheet first, this white paper first, and then I'm going to explain a little bit more. I know that many of you cannot stay with us during this entire Facebook Live podcast. Some of you may prefer to listen to this as you're driving. That's completely fine. I am doing this recording for the benefit of those that want to know what's taking place inside of China. If you're standing up in front of a church and, and asking people to pray for the persecuted Christians inside of China, maybe you've just read the BBC report that just came out or the CNN report that just came out about Bibles being restricted inside of China. It's from this white paper that they are getting this information. Information. So um, the next section says this, that China's religious freedom is protected. Okay, that's good. Protected by what? Protected by whom? China's religious freedom is protected by China's criminal law, China's national security law, and counterterrorism laws that provide for the protection of citizens' freedom of religious belief. Counterterrorism law. 
Why would counterterrorism law have anything to do with protecting the freedom of Chinese citizens and their religious belief? Because now when Chinese are accessing information online from foreign Christian ministries, when foreign Christian ministries are caught smuggling Bibles into China, when Christian foreign ministries are caught preaching the gospel and running Bible schools inside of China, now we can see that these foreigners have influence. And in the language of China's law, these foreigners are actually infiltrators and they are creating what they would refer to as a type of espionage. Now, the espionage that's taking place, we you might think that that's a little bit overboard, but I'm telling you that we've seen several of our friends arrested inside of China. We've we've had one person in in uh Yanji. We've had another friend in Dandong arrested on charges of espionage when they were only doing Christian ministry. And it was very clear that they were only doing Christian ministry. Just last week, there was a pastor from North Carolina in southern Yunnan province of China, an American Chinese pastor that was ministering, crossing the border from Burma into China, ministering to the Chinese. And he was arrested and just sentenced to seven years in prison for preaching the gospel and sharing with people in southern Yunnan province. This is considered to be foreign influence. Another thing that's considered to be foreign influence, and we see it in the white papers, is making the Bible and teachings available via the internet. So groups like Taobao, which is kind of like eBay inside of China, groups like Taobao that have been selling the Bible lately as of just a, a week or two ago was selling the Bible online, has now taken their Bibles offline. I just checked before I went on and I couldn't find a Chinese Bible on Taobao. Now, they may come back depending on if somebody posts them on Taobao or not, but these white papers say that Taobao or any other organization that allows Bibles to be sold online or downloaded online can be fined and charged because this is considered to be foreign influence. The regulations forbid, and this is again quoting directly from the white papers, the regulations forbid any organization or individual from creating disputes and conflicts between believers and non-believers and prohibit print publications and internet and to prohibit the internet from disseminating information which discriminates against religious or non-religious citizens. This is where the Chinese feel they really have to be careful and watching what the Chinese are downloading on the internet. Now, foreigners are not allowed to preach or share unless it comes from a higher provincial level of authority. Now, this is what the white papers say. This is a direct quote regarding foreigners that have ministry that are going on, that's going on inside of China right now. Foreigners are permitted to preach at places of worship when invited to do so by the Chinese religious bodies and are approved by the, by above provincial level. So in order to preach, you have to have approval or whoever does the invitation has to have approval at a level that's higher than provincial. If you're from the United States, that would mean you would need permission from the federal government. A governor, a state governor or a state body, legislative body could not give you permission to preach inside of China. Foreigners who conduct religious activities within China shall abide by the Chinese laws and regulations. They shall not establish religious organizations. They shall not set up religious offices, sites for religious activities, run religious institutions, or recruit foreign students studying in China without authorization. And this part is where they are able to collect many of the Chinese, uh, many of the Chinese ministries that are coming in from Europe, uh, uh, America, and many other countries around the world to serve the Chinese as Christians. This next part. Nor shall they recruit followers, appoint clerical personnel from among the Chinese or engage in other missionary activities. The laws of the People's Republic of China on the administrative activities of overseas NGOs within China prevents overseas NGOs, non-government organizations, 
prohibits overseas NGOs from illegally engaging in or sponsoring religious activities. Many ministries inside of China have been using NGOs as a vehicle to preach the gospel and to get in many items that are religious materials uh, into China. We know that there have been many ministries that have been smuggling Bibles into Hong, from Hong Kong into China for many years, right? I'm sure many people that are listening to this podcast or watching this Facebook Live have actually been smuggling Bibles into China. Now, we have seen that many of those ministries have been closed down. Many of them have closed their doors. In the past, when people tried to smuggle Bibles into China from Hong Kong or even fly in to China carrying Bibles, they have seen that their Bibles were confiscated, but they were allowed to continue on with their journey and then receive their Bibles again when they leave the country, right? Many people that are listening to this podcast or watching this Facebook Live can can give testimony. If you've been a part of those kind of operations, you would know that that is usually the, the, op, the standard operating procedure inside of China. Not any longer. For the most part, the people that I've been talking with, when they get stopped at China, they have been turned around at the border, sent back with their, all of their Bibles and not allowed to enter into China, had their visa canceled and been blacklisted from the country and not allowed to re-enter for another 10 years. This is a radical shift in the way that China has been operating for years. They've needed the Chinese uh, ministries, the foreign ministries that come and work inside of China, especially those that operate as English teachers, because only foreigners that were Christians were crazy enough to move to places like Chengdu or Kunming in the early days and teach English for almost free or sometimes for free. They would do it as a volunteer. They would volunteer for ridiculous pay to teach at universities. The, the government knew darn well these people were Christians. But instead of kicking them out, they knew that they needed their service because people that were qualified, as qualified as Christians, would never in their right mind come to China unless there was a good amount of pay that would lure them in. Now China's getting so many people from other nations that are coming in because of the increase of lifestyle and pay inside of China that Christians are no longer as essential as they used to be inside of China, Christian missionaries. So in that way, we've seen many Christian missionaries that are not given the same kind of peripheral treatment that they were given before. So now the white papers goes on to say this. So again, I'm going to continue reading from the Chinese white papers. Religious extremism, and so now they start referring to Christians that are not abiding by Chinese law as Christian extremists. Religious extremism are dealt with in accordance with the law. The counterterrorism law of the People's Republic of China states that China opposes all extremism that seeks to instigate hatred, incite discrimination, and advocate violence by distorting religious doctrines through other means and forbids any discriminatory behavior on the grounds of religion, ethnicity, and religion. Most Christians would agree with that statement on the surface. But the meaning behind what is written on paper is much different than you as a Christian might understand. The way they're writing it is that anybody who doesn't register with the government, any Christian who does not register with the three self church or the government church inside of China, any foreigner who would engage in a practice with religious believers inside of China without registering is considered to be an extremist. And you are distorting Christian law or Christian practice as Christian practice is established by the government. So I don't know if this is making sense to many of you or not. I hope that it is. I hope that I'm, I'm explaining it um, in a way that many people can understand it. If there's any breakdown, it's, it's my inability to explain what is written here in these white papers. So next it says this in the white papers. In this document, they state... Uh, it, it goes on to say, so I'm, uh, this is me actually saying here... 
who are they targeting? When they're targeting or talking about Christians, what Christians are they talking, talking about? In this document, in the white papers, they go on to say that there are 200 million religious people in China. And according to the white papers released April, just, just this week, in the first week of April, 2018, um, it is said that China has 38 million Protestant believers and 6 million Catholics. So altogether, China is saying that there are only 44 million Christians inside of China. So when China says that's who they're talking about, the Christians that they're talking about, they've labeled them. And in this specific document, they say that there are only 44 million Christians. Now, anybody that has listened to me speak in the past say that we are seeing uh, upward to a million new believers per month. Now, are my numbers completely exaggerated? Where am I getting those numbers? Well, I'm getting those numbers from the networks that we're working together with, as well as varied sources within government documents that we have been able to obtain. In this specific source, that is, that is a part of the Chinese, Chinese, um, Communist Party committee. They are actually saying that there's only 44 million. The reason is, is they want to keep it very, very low because in this document, if we continue to read further, they contradict themselves. And I'm going to tell you how it says here, this is a direct quote from the white papers. China has printed over 160 million copies of the Bible in more than a hundred different languages. Oh, Sounds good. How bad can China be when it comes to Bible production and accessing Bibles online if they're actually providing 160 million Bibles uh, from China? If they're printing 160 million, that's a, that's a buttload of Bibles. That's a, that, that means that they can't be persecuting people from getting Bibles that much, right? Let me continue reading including, so 100, 160 million copies of the Bible in more than 100 different languages for over 100 countries and regions, including 80 million copies printed in the Chinese language. So now they're saying that they've printed 80 million Bibles. That would mean that they roughly have two Bibles already per person inside of China. Those 80 million Bibles that are printed in the Chinese language were for also include 11 ethnic minority languages and Braille for churches inside of China. That's a direct quote. 80 million copies printed in the Chinese language, 11 ethnic minority languages and Braille for churches inside of China. Okay, so that means that China has basically printed more than twice the number needed for the number of believers inside of China. So if they printed 80 million and they said that they've only got 44 million, that means that they have plenty of Bibles left over, right? So why are people still accessing the Bible online? Why are they now trying to prohibit Bible sales online? Why are there reports for the Bible being taken off the shelves inside of bookstores? Why are we getting reports right now from underground churches saying, please, we need Bibles more now than ever before? We're even getting reports from three self-church pastors that are telling us that they no longer have enough Bibles in their own churches to be able to give to the members in their churches. That does not include those that are a part of the underground church. China has been persecuting Christians with these new laws. Now, I said that there are three ways that they're persecuting Christians. The first way that I've talked about is that they have implemented new laws. Now, I've been sharing about those laws. On top of those laws, they've been trying to remove the evidence of Christianity that would contradict them saying that they only have 44 million believers inside of China. Take this into account. In the last year alone, from 2017 to now in 2018, we've seen the Chinese government tear down more than 2,000 crosses from church buildings. That's 2,000 buildings that were registered to hold believers that were not registered as official government churches. 2,000. So 2,000 churches have had the crosses ripped off the top of their buildings. We've seen, now this is according to... 
um, China Aid. China Aid, which is based out of Texas, just came out with these numbers for 2017. China Aid has reported that they've got 220,000 incidents recorded of Christians being persecuted and targeted by the government. 220,000 Christians, with 3,700 of them being arrested and detained. We know that just a couple weeks ago, we saw that the Golden Lampstand Church, which is in Shanxi province, has 50,000 believers. Golden Lampstand Church has 50,000. When was the last time you were at a church that had 15,000 people attending? This is a mega church, and it's in the middle of Shanxi. Not, not Beijing, not Shanghai, not Guangzhou. Those churches would be much, much bigger if they were alive. We're seeing the same in Wenzhou, in Shanxi, a church that has been registered as hosting 50,000 believers was blown up by dynamite. So China is trying to erase any evidence that they have more than 44 million believers because they don't know how it's spreading. They don't know how it's spreading, and right now the government is reacting to try to keep this from growing even larger. This has become a major concern of the Chinese Communist Party. And the very first thing, the step, the three things that they're doing to persecute Christians, as I said when I started off this Facebook Live, the very first thing that they're doing is implementing new laws. Now, those new laws, what are they? If you've been following Back to Jerusalem for any amount of time in the last couple of months, I've been reporting about these new laws. But for those that have not been following us, let me share with you what the new laws that were passed on February 1st, but really implemented and came into play after Chinese New Year on March 1st. We see that in Article 64 of the new laws, 100,000 RMB to 300,000 RMB would be slapped on anyone. This is according to Article 64. According to Article 64, 100,000, so you have about roughly um, 50,000 to 80,000 US dollars being slapped on people as a fine. Do you have 50,000 or 80,000 US dollars just to kind of throw around? Or I'm sorry, 8,000 to, to, to 50,000 US dollars to just throw around? Here we can see that um, with that, according to Article 69, you can be fined um, for if you are the owner of any place that ho- hosts these meetings. That's according to Article 64 of the new law. Article 74, it continues to get worse. Anyone who preaches the gospel without holding a license, and you can only get a license through the government. And if you're not registered with the government, you're not going to get a license. So you're, you're kind of caught in this catch 22. You, you, you can't preach without a license and you can't get a license if you're a preacher if you do not agree with the government stance that government comes before God. So according to article 74, you get fined, um, 10,000 RMB if you are caught preaching without a license. And according to article 71 of the new laws, Anyone who preaches the gospel without holding a license, or I'm sorry, um, Article 71 is imposed on the owner of the property where any underground house church services are held. So Article 71 and Article 64 target property owners. Now, this is really important when looking at item number two. So item number one, when persecuting Christians... Item number one, when we see persecuting of Christians, is the establishment of new law. Item number three that we, I'm sorry, item number two that we see as the, the things that are being used to persecute Christians is employing the public. How is China employing the public? The first thing that they're doing is they're setting up laws that punish people that may not have anything to do with the religious activity that is being charged. So, for instance, if you own a property, and I've talked about this before in our uh, past podcasts as well as Facebook live events that we've done. If you own property where Christians come together and meet in the property that you own, 
If you are meeting in that house, the owner of the house may not even know about it. You may be renting from the house. But if you own the house and somebody that you are renting to is a Christian and you don't know about it, you can actually be charged according to Article 64 and Article 71 of the new Chinese laws. So now this means that if I am a homeowner, if I am renting a home to somebody, I'm going to want to know, are these Christians that I'm renting to, because if they're Christians, they may get arrested for hosting a Bible study in their house of which I'm not even a believer. And now the government's going to find me. And if I can't pay the fine for these people that I'm renting to and for a religion that I don't even believe in, if I can't pay the fine, then they're going to take my property. They will seize my property to pay the fine for me. That means that I lose my property. This now provides motivation for me to persecute against Christians when looking at possible renters for my property. We've already seen it. I met with um, religious leaders in, in Hefei, Anhui province, a few weeks ago. I sat down with them and they told me, Eugene, we're already seeing Christians being refused to rent from property in Shanghai, and we've already seen religious uh, our religious partners kicked out of their flats because of these new laws. Now, this is something that I've been talking about for a while. Now, what I'm going to be talking about now is really important. What I'm going to be talking about right now is something that I have not heard really anybody else talk about. And it is something that is involving Facebook, Apple, Google. These are individual companies that are joining in with China in what could be one of the most thorough ways of persecuting Christians that I have ever seen or read about. What we are seeing inside of China, like I said, the three ways that we are seeing persecution. Number one, the implementation of new laws, which I've just covered. Number two, the employment of society against Christians, which I just roughly talked about. And number three, the third thing that we are seeing inside of China is Christians being removed from society because of their religious belief. Now, how is China doing that? We just saw something, and this is something that when it comes to religious persecution, I believe B2J may be the only exclusive reporter on this. I could be wrong. I haven't seen it reported by any other ministry thus far. So this is why I decided to take today to share this with you. Even though we don't do Facebook live events very often, this is something that I feel is very, very important for you guys to know about. Now, if you are familiar, I'm going to try to show you here on my phone. There is an app uh, that is in China. It's called, it's what I would call China's super app. China's super app right here. If you can see, there's a little bit of a glare here on my phone. I'm going to try to maybe turn it in a way that you can see this, this very first icon right here. This is WeChat. WeChat is what I would consider to be the world's first super app. Now, this this super app inside of China is unlike any app that you can really download onto your phone today. It's basically, for those of you that don't know about it, this is Amazon, it is Facebook, it is uh, Twitter, it is um, um, eBay, um, it is PayPal, it is Google Pay, it is Apple Pay, all combined into one single app. And so far, we have seen almost a billion users inside of China, 900 million users and downloads inside of China. Now, this super app, you can do everything with it. You can uh, make reservations for your restaurant. If you're going to a restaurant, you just pull out your phone, you pull up the app, you make your reservation for your for your table. From there, you order your taxi. It's kind of like Uber. Using WeChat, a car comes to pick you up. You pay for that taxi using WeChat. When you go into the restaurant, you pay, you order your food, not from a menu, but you order it from WeChat. They deliver it to your table from what you ordered on WeChat. Then you pay for your meal, not with cash, not with credit card, but by using WeChat. And then you can do a, a review of your food, the review of the restaurant, the review of the staff. 
on WeChat. Post that. Post a picture of you and your friends having a meal together on WeChat. You order another vehicle to go to a hotel, a hotel that you arranged on WeChat with a vehicle. You you get the idea. Plane tickets, train tickets, bus tickets, everything. I was in um, Hefei last month. And we decided during our meetings with several different of the high... Um, uh, Church leaders, the, the, the high level leaders were meeting together with the senior pastors of the, these different networks. And we went out to the street to be able to get some fruit from, from wheelbarrows, literally from wheelbarrows that had just come in from the countryside. We bought raspberries. We bought strawberries. We bought blueberries and we paid for, for the fruit from these wheelbarrows to people that came straight from the countryside. We paid for it using WeChat. So how is it being used as a persecution tool? Please stay with me during this time because this is really important. Out of everything that I've said during this time, what I'm sharing now is the most important part of all. Using this data of your purchases, your travel, everything that you do, China has created this mega database. And with this mega database, they are now implementing where people are using WeChat as required government ID. In the southern province of China, in Guangdong, the PSB, the Public Security Bureau, which is like the KGB in Russia or the CIA in America, um, the PSB, the Public Security Bureau, is right now using and testing WeChat as their government ID. If they are able, and they so far they have, they have been able to prove that that this online ID system is very secure uh, because they're using it with the PSB. This is high security level government employees using WeChat as their ID, which means that they have to have their phone with them when they arrive at work. That phone provides them their ID. The ID gets them access into their buildings. By 2020... It is said, it has been reported by Reuters that WeChat will be, it will be required that everybody have a WeChat ID by 2020. Now, if you have to have a WeChat ID, the Chinese government can have access to your bank accounts, which are linked to your WeChat. They can have access to your friend accounts, all of your communication, all of your travel, all of your purchases. For a Christian, This means now that the government can keep track of where you're at, what you're doing, what you're spending your money on. There are places in China that no longer take cash and they no longer take credit card. In Guilin, at the largest shopping mall center in all of Guilin, I was just there a few weeks ago together with our Chinese team. We went into a major mall, the main shopping center inside of Guilin. We parked our car. We went and had a meal. When we tried to leave, they would not let us leave the parking lot with our car without paying for it by WeChat. They had no apparatus for taking a credit card or taking cash. They said the price was five RMB, which is like one US dollar. So my friend went into his wallet to put out five RMB in cash and they said, sorry, we don't take cash, only WeChat. So there are several things that are starting to be exclusive where you can only use your WeChat ID to pay for things. So we see that um, uh, in China, we have several organizations that have just, in 2017, we saw that tech giants Google Mike and Microsoft joined in together with Alibaba and the main corporation that has brought in uh, WeChat, they've now come in together and they've set up databases inside of China. And in fact, this year, Apple just moved into China and set up their iCloud. The Chinese iCloud is now based in, uh, in uh, Guizhou province. So now we see that these databases of these Western giants, which were supposed to be freedom of, you know, keep your information free and to keep your information secure are now joining hands together with the Chinese communist government to be able to use data that can be collected on individuals. Now, President Xi 
has come up with a program, a credit system that has been in the works now for many years. We're just now learning about it. President Xi has come up with a program. It's called Once Untrustworthy, Always Restricted. That's the title of it. Once Untrustworthy, Always Restricted. And they're going, right now they are implementing. It's already been implemented inside of China, but it's on a voluntary basis right now. It's a, it is a system of social rating. You get a social credit score. Now, if you are familiar with the West and getting a loan, and this is where the persecution comes in. If you haven't listened to this, this Facebook live broadcast up until now, it might get a little confusing because what I've just said in the last 10 minutes is very, very important for what I'm going to be saying. This new system where Xi Jinping, the president of China, has said once untrustworthy, always restricted. He is bringing about a social credit score. A social credit score works the same as a credit score would for you to be able to get a loan from your bank. So for instance, if you have a history of not paying your bills, then you're going to have a lower credit score than somebody who has a history of paying their bills, right? That means that you have more access to funding and you have more access to funding at a lower rate because you're considered to be more trustworthy. Well, the Chinese Communist Party has set up a system that's already in place in China. It's on a voluntary basis right now, but it's going to be mandatory by 2020. This is being reported by many major news outlets, including BBC and Reuters, that China is implementing a social credit score. And if you have a low credit score, and this credit score goes from 250 to 950. And if you are a Christian and you are caught doing certain Christian activities, then you are considered to be low so uh, have a low social credit score. Your low social credit score will keep you from getting a job. It can keep you from getting a loan. It can, and we're seeing, it was just reported by Reuters. Reuters just reported that starting on May 1st, next month, anyone who has a low social credit score has been put on a blacklist and anybody on that blacklist cannot travel. They cannot buy a plane ticket and they cannot buy a train ticket. This is the first step of the part three of the steps of the persecution that China is taking against Christians. Remember I said, step number one, employ new laws. Step number two, employ the society to, to work for you against Christians. And number three is to remove Christians from being an active part of that society. The way that they're doing it the way the Chinese government is doing it is that they are creating a social credit score that rates you according. What do you put on your Facebook? Right now, many of you are watching me by Facebook live. What have you written on your Facebook page lately? Have you written something political? Have you written something religious? Have you posted something about a Bible study that you've done recently? Have you just accepted a friend request from another Christian friend? Somebody who uses a cross as their icon or maybe a famous Christian quote. Do you follow Christian ministries on your Facebook account? Those, according to this new social credit system, would all give you a low social credit score inside of China. This means that this goes back to also part two, because people that want a high social score are not going to want to be friends with you on social media for fear that your low social score, because you are a Christian, will bring down their social score. So they're going to remove themselves from you. This means that family members will not want to be associated with you on social media. Friends, work colleagues, uh, people that you come in contact with on a daily basis in the streets will not want to be associated with you uh, on social media. This is a new level of persecution that I've never even thought of before until just now. And according to Reuters, May 1st, China is implementing a blacklist according to social scores that will keep those with low social scores that are on the blacklist from traveling by plane, 
or by train. It's already been signed off. This new law has already been signed off by eight different ministries. And it is part of Xi Jinping's uh, motto of once untrustworthy, always, uh, how's it go? Once untrustworthy, always restricted. That is the name of the program. That is the motto. Six. So how many people have been restricted? How many people already have a low social score? 6.25 million. And it's only in the testing phase. 6.25 million. How do we know about this? Well, there is a well-known reporter. See if I can find his name. His name right here. Liu Hu is the name of the vocal journalist. This journalist, Liu Hu, wrote about the social score system and how the government can use it to their advantage. He is a journalist inside of China. Guess what happened as a result? He got a low social score and is now blacklisted from travel. Now Liu Hu cannot buy a plane ticket and cannot buy a train ticket to travel because he wrote about this program. Do not think that you're going to be hearing much information from China about this program. Right now, if you score high, if you score high, China is using this and people are volunteering. Now, why would people volunteer for such a system? Because if you score high, what China is offering is that you get free gym facilities. I'm reading directly, so I'm going to read directly the the benefits that you get. You get free uh, gym facilities if you have a high social credit score. You get cheaper public transportation. So you'll, you can, when you're using your WeChat, it'll take, subtract less money so you can travel on public transportation for a cheaper price. And you have shorter waiting times in hospitals. This means that you get to skip ahead of those that have lower social scores at the hospital. People that come in that need medical attention are now going to be passed over if they have lower social credit scores. If you are a Christian, the ramifications of this is huge. If you are a Christian, you now can see that you may not get a job. You may not get your children into school. You Let's say this, your, ch- your child gets sick. You go to the hospital so that they can be seen. Maybe it's an emergency situation, but because your low social score is so low, you keep getting bypassed in the line over and over again by people who have higher social scores than you. This I'm reading directly from the benefits, uh, according to, to Weibo. Uh, this is according to the benefits that I've translated directly. If you voluntarily join in and you get a high social score, and this is according to what you're doing on, on social media and what you're spending your money on, what you're spending your free time on, the places that you're traveling to, you get shorter waiting times in the hospital. The only way you can get shorter waiting times is to make others have longer waiting times. Now, Liu Hu was charged with spreading rumor and defamation. And because of that, he's now been blacklisted and has a low social credit score. Now, Wired.com, not a Christian magazine, right? Wired.com writes about all of the news of developing technology. This is what they had to say. Now, I'm not making this up. The reason I want to read it directly is because I'm going to say something that you might think this can't be real. This cannot be real. What Eugene is sharing sounds like something from science fiction. Wired.com just wrote this. If their score reaches above 600, they can take out a loan of up to 5,000 RMB, which is roughly about 700, 800 US dollars to use to shop online as long as it is on Alibaba's website. Um, you can reach, if you reach 650 points, you can rent a car without leaving a deposit. You're entitled to faster checkouts at hotels and you can use the VIP check-in section at the Beijing Capital International Airport. And this, I'm not making this up. This is the real number coming from a translation from wired.com. I'm reading it direct. Those with points of 666 can get a cash loan of up to 50,000 RMB. So specifically, if you get the credit, the social credit score, which is considered high, 666, you can get a loan of up to 50,000 RMB. If you get above 700, you can apply for travel to places like Singapore without supporting documents or an employee, an employer letter. 
And if you get above 750, you get a fast track application that can take you to European nations. This is large data being used to weapon, that is being weaponized against Christians. This is big data being used against Christians to persecute them, to remove them from society, remove them from having bank accounts, removing them from being able to buy or sell or work or study or travel. You can't get a document. You can't even get out of China. You can't even escape from China if you have a low credit score. Now, we are seeing people like Google already moved in. Apple already moved in. Microsoft already moved into China, allowing all of their data collection to be. Mark Zuckerberg, just a few months ago, sat down with China's propaganda minister and talked with them about data collection and being, and being a responsible international internet user. What does that mean? What does that translate in? It means that you don't do anything that is against government law. And if the government law prohibits you from sharing the Bible online, prohibits you from sharing about the gospel online, prohibits you from sharing your views about Jesus online, prohibits you from sharing a Bible study via a Facebook live event like we're doing right now, these things can all be prohibited in the future. And we're seeing Western organizations partnering together with China to persecute against Christians inside of China. And it's starting next month, May 1st, when those that are members of the blacklist, and I know about the blacklist personal, personally. Why do I know about members of the blacklist personally? Because Pastor, Pastor Chen, who is the top pastor for, um, Mengfu, also known as Blessing out of Anhui province, told me that he and several other of his leaders have passports but are unable to use them, that they have been blacklisted and cannot travel for the next two years at least. Low social scores. They didn't call it low social scores when we were talking about it, but that's what it's being translated into right now that we can see inside of China. Now, when we look at those that even try to escape from China, are being repatriated. They're, the Chinese government is literally sending agents out into other countries. You can Google this. I'm not making this up. And in fact, what was it? By 2017, in the last five years alone, this is a direct quote that I'm reading from a uh, report um, that uh, came out from, I, this one here is from the New York Times, um, that China has captured abroad They've gone, they've sent agents outside of China into other countries abroad and repatriated more than 3,000 Chinese citizens that have escaped from China into other countries. It's an operation that is called Operation Skynet or Operation Fox Hunt. It's known by both names in China. Operation Skynet, Operation Fox Hunt, initiated by President Xi to go, go out and find uh, Chinese that have escaped from China and bring them back into China to be. And we, we actually did an entire podcast episode about a, um, a guy who wrote books, a Chinese citizen from Hong Kong who wrote books about, um, uh, Chinese government officials. He was in Thailand. Government officials came and kidnapped him, drugged him, brought him back to China by car, and then had him give public confessions and serve time for his crimes inside of China. We know of um, individuals in Hong Kong that were drugged and wheelchaired out of the main lobby in Four Seasons Hotel in Hong Kong. So even if you are able to escape across country lines, there's no guarantee. We're seeing people that are being repatriated from China and from Hong Kong. They were put on a boat and then the government boat then just brought them back into to China. So bringing people to a port in Los Angeles or Sydney or um, somewhere outside of Europe and bringing them back by ship, by a government official uh, vessel into China is something very, very real. That takes me a little bit off topic, but I just wanted to share. Those are the three ways that we are seeing Christians persecuted inside of China today. New laws are being implemented. I just shared that, number one. 
Number two, society is being used against Christians. They're being employed by the government to persecute Christians, to help the government persecute Christians. And number three, Christians are being removed from society. They're being removed from the activities of society and being punished for being Christians. This is the worst persecution that we've seen in China in the last decade. And we need your prayers. Please pray for China. Share this information with somebody. This information might be a little bit dry, a little bit dull for many people that might want to listen to this. They might want it in a more consolidated package. Could you be the person to consolidate this information and share it with your Bible study? Share it with your church. Share it with your Facebook friends. They don't have to listen to everything that I'm sharing in this. The reason that I'm sharing this in such in a more long-winded way is that there are many questions that whenever I try to answer things in brevity, I find that people have a lot of questions. And there becomes a lot of people that contradict what we are saying at Back to Jerusalem And then people start to think, is what Back to Jerusalem telling me true or not true? We've actually been to China. We're not seeing the same things. What is the deal? So I wanted to explain, reading directly from China's own laws, the situation that is taking place today. I want to thank you for joining us again for another Back to Jerusalem Facebook Live session. Thank you for, or maybe you're listening to our podcast. I want to thank you for joining together with us and joining together with the Underground House Church. We are tackling this head on, but we need your prayers. We are bypassing the internet. We are bypassing the government. We are bypassing the banking system and using direct media in a way that it's never been used before. I hope to share that with you more in the future. I'm going to be sharing at churches in Sweden, uh, the Netherlands, and the UK in the next two weeks. If you're able to attend any of those meetings, I highly encourage you to come and listen because I'm not just going to be sharing about the challenges. I'm going to be sharing about the techniques that we are currently using to help Chinese overcome persecution and continue spreading the gospel. Because the reason all this persecution is coming about is because the church is growing at a breakneck speed and we praise God for that. And we praise God for you for your prayers. Thank you so much and God bless.